Welcome back, Process Preparation and Performance. I'm Duke, he's Simmons, and today we have the one and only Carl Reed with us. It's been a long time coming, JR. I, I'm ashamed, not really, but ashamed to admit that I Twitter stalked him. <laughs> I probably got like a restraining order somewhere on Twitter because I just kept going after him over and over again. And I finally got him, JR. Because he put out something on Twitter that said he is the best paper, rock, scissor player in the world. I think it was the world, coach. And <laughs> nobody could beat him. And I was like, I could do it. So I just started DMing him. And finally, I was like, coach, I'm going to keep sitting here and practice until you come on the show. And then if I beat you, it's going to be a problem because I beat you, you on, on the show. And he's like, you can't beat me. I mean, just cold stone face. <laughs> you can't beat me. So I was like, all right, we got to get him, but we got him Jr. And um, I've watched his team play from afar. Uh, I've actually watched his team play on tape because we had some in common opponents. Uh, it's an honor coach. Thanks for being here. Obviously, your reputation precedes you. We're humbled by the fact that you would be willing to come on the show. So thank you. Well, guys, I thank you for having me. I'm, I'm glad to come and support what you guys are doing. And um, we definitely had to see at the end on the paper, rock, scissors game. Absolutely. Well, we're going we're gonna to do it, Coach. And I'm just telling you, I've been prepping. I've been practicing. I've re <laughs> read some books, watched some videos. And every now and again, I'll just walk in the house to my kids and go, you just right, right there, just hit it and see what happens. <laughs> I'm going to start it off. I am a St. Louis native myself. I went to Windsor High School. I was born in St. Mary's Hospital in downtown St. Louis or in South St. Louis area. Mm -hmm. So my first question to you, and I, I, you know, I've been through your bio. Why St. Louis? What's special about St. Louis to you? Well, it's a special place. And um, I, I grew up here. A um, lot of friends here, a lot of family here. Um, it's a it's a community that is that is very close knit. Um, a tremendous amount of history, a tremendous amount of great people have come from here. One of the greatest cities in the world. I agree, hundred percent, hundred percent. The um, it's interesting because Coach Mark Manning down there at McClure, he and I have become friends after our team played against each other, and we got to talking. He's like, I go, you know, Coach, I am from St. Louis, and Coach Manning did something for me that I, I still remember to this day. I said, this is the house that my family grew up in. 3705 Hartford, right there on Grand and Hartford. And when Coach Manning left our clinic, he drove home. And after he, I just remember during the, during the clinic, I got a text and I look up and it's my grandfather's house. Coach Manning took the time to stop and take a picture of my grandfather's house for me. And wow. just a, a flood of emotions. I'm like, this man didn't have to go past that. He didn't have to go there on his way home. I know he's from around there, but took the time to do it. Remembered the address I told him. So you're right. It's a special place with special Absolutely. people. And, uh, you know, it, I got to imagine that's why your email's got 314 on it. I got to imagine that's why <laughs> you, got the, you got that going. But Yeah, uh, no question. We won't give everybody... Every, we won't give everyone your email. We won't do that. Now, if I win paper, rock, scissors. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate be. that. <laughs> All right. JR, Coach, go I've got a I've got a real good one for you here. I I follow you on Twitter and I really like all your posts, but I, I've got to ask this, and there there may be a lot of people out there. Where are we at with the raccoon problem? Man, so listen. <laughs> I got a group of raccoons. It's, it's nine or ten of them that they continuously 
come in my yard, right, continuously. So we had 6 a.m. workouts. And so one day I'm going out and I had to unlock the gate, right, to, to get away um, from the rack, to, to open it up so I could pull my car out. And on the other side of the gate, a raccoon hisses at me, right? Like I'm like, I'm face to face on the other side. So I take off running and you know that video went viral. I've seen it. <laughs> that video went viral, but it just seems like everywhere I go, man, the raccoons keep finding me. I think they got, they put a microchip or something in me. And they, know, <laughs> they know how to find me where I'm at. It's, do they, you know, I'm kind of fascinated awesome. by this in a way. I mean, it, how do you get rid of these things? I, I've never I even. Everything. You know, I, I, I've, we put down cayenne pepper. We bought dogs. I put corn and, 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 uh, and I put some poison out there with some corn. It doesn't matter. It seems like I make a multiply, right? <laughs> I've never been able to get rid of my multiply. You know, we could send a few people from Missouri down there, and I can promise you they'll be gone. A lot of a lot of stuff might be shot up, but the raccoons will be gone. I mean, there will be more shotguns and rifles Listen, rolling around. Anybody who can anybody who can come and get rid of these raccoons for me, you'll have a friend forever. You'll have a guy who you can call on for anything if you can do that. We'll we'll make it happen. We'll make it happen. Jr. Write it down. We'll we get it. Plenty, we know plenty of people. We can get rid of those raccoons. <laughs> uh, Coach, it's no secret that your program has a unique culture that is contagious. You know, when I look at your bio, you got comments on there from PJ Fleck, Lincoln Riley, and that's the first thing they say. They they don't talk about the X's and O's. We're going to get into that a little bit but it's about the culture you've created. What is maybe one thing that you think most high school programs, even youth programs overlook when they're trying to create whatever culture they have in their mind? I ask you this because a few episodes ago, we had a guy on from out on the uh, West Coast and we asked him something similar, like people throw around culture all the time as a word, but what does it really mean? For you, a program that has exuded it to the highest level, what do you think people just routinely miss when they're trying to instill this? Number one, I think, is the relationship with the parents, all right? And, and a lot of coaches make that an adversarial relationship, and we've made it a relationship that, um, that they have ownership in the program also, and they have a great deal of ownership in, in what their son – um, does both on and off the field. And the second thing is blunt honesty, right? You have to be extremely honest with yourself. You have to be extremely honest with one another um, because that's the only way that I think that you can have any real chemistry is that we're dealing from each other from what we feel like is honest and not from a perspective of, of, of pie in the sky kind of attitude. You got to know, and, and sometimes those create some uncomfortable conversations, but if you have a relationship that's built on truth, honesty, and integrity, you can move forward and uh, and get the things done that you're trying to get done. Agreed. Coach, I know 100%. you came in and, and took over U City when the season before. I think their record was one and nine. It wasn't it wasn't really good, you know. And so you've got a program. Obviously, it's a little bit down. How do you go about? starting kind of that process that you were, you know, just talking about, get the parents in there, 
get them, talk to them, get them to trust you. Where, where do you start step one with that? You go knock on every door and you sit down and you have conversations with people and you listen and, and you take where that kid is at and you have those, those conversations and it kind of let the parents to kind of let you know what they perceive the issues were that was holding the program back or holding their kids back. But people got to be able to know you. I think that what makes our situation different is every parent in my program has my cell phone number and they can just call me. Like they don't have to set up an appointment. They don't have to send me an email. They don't have to go through anybody. They can just call me or text me and they know that we're going to have a conversation and that we're going to get to the bottom of, of whatever issues we may have. And, and it's not always issues, but I think that if you, if you take that communication and you amplify it and you make that a part of your program, it's going to enable you to get more out of your kids. Because I think a lot of coaches have the mentality that, well, these kids are young men and I'm trying to teach them to be young men and they should be accountable on their own and they should be old enough to do this and do that. Well, that's just not realistic, nor is it true. And I think that if you take that attitude, you're going to really be bumping your head into the wall um, because I have three sons and they don't always tell me everything. But if you let me know that they didn't do something they were supposed to do, I guarantee you they'll get it done. And that's going to be the case with most parents. If, if, a kid may have a part-time job, so he's missing weightlifting or he's missing practice. If you pick the phone up and you call the parent, nine times out of 10, you guys will be able to find a resolution to that issue. But if you make it about browbeating the kid every day, it just you're going to have a, a less percentage of success, in my opinion. Oh, I agree 100%. You know, when you get a new coach on your staff, say, really doesn't know how you guys operate, how you do things, you know, and say it's a younger guy to where they've always got something to prove, it seems. How do you get them to kind of rewire their brain to do it your way? Well, number one is, is kind of giving them our, our coach's manual on what our expectations are, that each coach and getting them locked in to their job and the things that, that they're supposed to do. Um, it is a different kind of culture. It's a player's first culture. Um, I'm gonna, I'm a guy that's gonna, gonna usually side with the players over the adults, you know, in most situations. Um, so that's kind of a different, that's kind of a different deal. Um, my players have a great deal of ownership in the program and that is probably unique and different to some coaches who are my way or the highway mm -hmm. kind of guys. And, and so you have to have more flexibility from that, but you, you, you're in an environment where, and, and we're in a society today where things have changed a little bit to when we were playing. So you gotta be flexible and you gotta be able to hear kids out. And uh, we're trying to do what's best for kids, not what's best for grown people. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I agree hundred percent coach. And I'm going to follow that up with what comes to your mind when you hear someone say the kids nowadays? When well, what comes to my mind is that they're, they're probably not a lot different than what we were. They have some, some, so they have social media and maybe some things we didn't have that allows you to kind of get a better glimpse into how they think and what they like and who they are. But think back to when you were 16 and 17. What if we had Twitter then? What would you have said? 
right? What would you have followed? What would you have liked? You know, and I think adults become very judgmental to kids and you have to remember how you were at the same age. I got college coaches, you know, that'll come in and say, well, I won't recruit a kid if he says this on Twitter. Well, how are you really living, right? Like you, you're, you're, you're criticizing kids for what they're posting, but you also are living and conducting yourself in a way that's not really exemplary either. So mm-hmm. it's hard to take you seriously, you know, in that fashion. And it's just trying to help kids get through the issues that teenagers have. And you gotta, you gotta be able to remember and call back to when you were that age. What if, if everybody judged me based on how I felt and what I thought and what I said when I was 16 or 17, we wouldn't be here today. Yeah, I agree completely. I think it goes back to what it says in the Bible, right? Let he who has not sinned cast the first stone, Absolutely. right? So people, people talk about it all the time. And when I hear somebody say that, oh, the kids nowadays, they're this or they're this. Wait a second. The kid learned it from somewhere. It's not like he just came out walking and he was on Twitter. That's not what he was doing. He, he learned it from somewhere. So at some point in time, you, you get what you allow and you allowed certain things to happen. And I'll tell you, when I was coaching in Chicago, in inner city Chicago and dealing with dealing with everything, listen, I saw one parent in like seven years, there were no parents, right? The kids weren't any different. They're still people. I mean, we had kids who were fresh off the boat from Bosnia, Romania, Belize, you know, mom was from Chicago, uncle was from Chicago, but then there's people that are just moving in from all over the world. At the same point in time, every kid wanted to know you cared about him. Every kid wanted to know when he was going to eat. And they just wanted you to say, you know what? I appreciate you being here. Let's keep this rolling. And this, this, and this will happen. So I agree completely, Coach. I agree completely. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go off topic a little bit. And I had somebody that I know and I care about tell me, I need you to ask Coach Reed a question. All right. Okay. The question that this person came up with uh, is this. Who is the best team you have ever played against while at Lutheran North? Best team that I ever played against. Since I've been the coach at Lutheran North would be who? I played some good ones now. We played some really good teams in state and out of state. Um, but the best the best team that we've played would have been in 2000, 2018 Blair Oaks. The 2018 Blair Oaks team is, is the best team that I felt like we played here. Not in terms of individual talent, like, cause we played some teams with a lot of division one type guys on it, but just in, in the way that they played and their efficiency, I felt like overall, that's probably the best team we played against. Excellent quarterback, excellent defense, the whole deal. Yeah, I coached that man every year of his life, pretty much through, well, through high school, except for his senior year. That's the year JR and I left and 
headed on over to Jeff City, but they were a very, very good football team. So this person will be happy I asked. I fulfilled my role for that. Uh, so I, I'm going to let JR keep going. Coach, is there any is there any coach that you have met or has come to the school where you were just kind of giddy, a little bit excited that, hey, I'm actually going to meet this guy? Well, I wouldn't say that um, because I've known a lot of these guys for a long time. So I'm probably past that phase of it. <laughs> Maybe that was more in my 20s, but what I will say is there are guys that when you when you met them, you kind of knew that they were going to be good. Like Matt Campbell at Iowa State, for example, I'm not surprised at the success he's having. Um, he was such a high-character guy. He had such a detailed plan in the way he was going to do things and change culture, and it's been unbelievable to see what he's done at Iowa State with that program with getting recruits that people would consider a step below, you know, the Oklahomas and the Texases, and he's been able to beat and compete with those programs. So you'll meet a guy like that and, uh, and you'll know that he's going to be special in what he does. You know, we followed, uh, you know, the kind of the rise of Lutheran North, you know, over the years and, and seeing what you've done down there. And like Bill said, it, it's amazing what, what you guys have accomplished down there. Why the wing tee? Why those principles? Yeah, so we weren't always a wing T team. So we we were running the air raid, right? Mm -hmm. I had a quarterback named McQuill Glass. He's the quarterback now at Alabama A&M. Um, he's breaking all the records there. He's going to get an opportunity to play in the National Football League um, here when he's done. And so he left. When he graduated high school, I mean, we just didn't have a kid who could could pass the ball the same way. We didn't have this. We had excellent receiver play on that team also. And we had a really great group of running backs. And, and we kind of felt like we needed to get them all on the field at the same time. And that was just the way that we decided to do it. And we were running it kind of at that time still. The plan was just to run it as a package to put those three guys in the game at the same time. And we were we were playing up in um, Indiana. We were playing against uh, what school was that? Modern Day, out mm. of Evansville, Indiana. That's got a really good program up there. And um, we we got into it, and they couldn't stop it. And we just kind of stayed in it, right? And uh, it, it produced some great results from us. Um, I was able to learn it from Coach Larry Walls, who was a Hall of Fame coach here from Sumner High School, mm -hmm. the four-time state champion. Um, legendary coach. I, I, I talked to him the other day, actually. Um, he's become a great mentor of mine. He learned it from Eddie Robinson. Mm -hmm. and it's something that we developed to believe in. But but me, I've always been, um, I don't have, I, I tell people I don't have an offense and defensive philosophy. I have a winning philosophy. So the, the, we're going to take the kids that we got and we're going to do whatever they can do. And if we can throw it, if, if, if it takes us throwing it 60 times to win, we're going to do that. If we got to run it 60 times, we're going to do that. Um, but we're going to always be willing to adjust it to whatever they do extremely well. How hard do you find it to, to go from – we've asked a couple people this question – to go from one offensive system to another? Just like you said, you were air raid. Let's just throw it all over the field, and now let's go do this. Um. I don't find the difficulty in it. We teach them both. So every kid that comes here, the first thing he has to do is he has to learn the wing tee. 
that we, we start we start from there as our base. And then we start throwing it around a little bit in the summer and in the spring and going through the seven on seven camps. And if we can really throw it and they can do it, um, we'll run a lot of that stuff and we'll we'll and we'll do both. Some teams we've had have been really heavy wing tee. Uh, the year we won the state championship in 19, we were a lot more spread RPO. And we had some some wing tee principles out of the gun. You know, it, it just really comes down to the kind of kids you have. And I think a lot of coaches um, bump their head against the wall a little bit, trying to force everybody to play a system that they believe in. It, it takes a little more work on the coaches to be able to learn different things and clinic and, and go, you know, and, and go open their mind up to different ideals. You know, it's more of a basketball coach's mentality, I would say. Those guys are a little more open-minded to being flexible with, with systems. And I've always had that flexibility within me. I totally agree. You have to take the kids you have and the strengths they have to their best potential. Otherwise, you're going to bang your head in the wall every week trying to do something. You know, what's the definition of insanity? Doing something over and over and over again, expecting a different result, right? So I, you could wish that they can do it, right? Yeah. If they can't do it. They can't do it. Sometimes you, you might need to run a triple option. Like, like whatever you have, I think you're charged with figuring out a way to get those kids to be productive. You might need to run the single wing. You might need to run the triple option. You might have a quarterback that's an exceptional passer, so you can pass it. Like whatever it is that's going to make you be able to move the ball up and down the field, just roll your sleeves up. There's too much information out there. There's too many people you, that would help you study. Go get the information you need, man, and find success. For so let's say you had talent galore everywhere, and you had, and you said, okay, we can do whatever we want to do. What would you run? If you could do whatever you wanted to do, I still think the the, the pro-style offense, you know, the, the West Coast offense would be the base if you had every single kid that you needed to do it you can run with balance you can throw with balance there's so many things that you can do out of it it gives you so many options and variables I would probably start there the the, the Bill Wall system that Andy Reid and Holgren kind of expanded on and, and I know they're doing a lot of RPO stuff with it today that would be um, what you would do if you had it all I agree balance Balance is like the key, right? And when you talk about the seven components of power for anything you do in life, balance is, balance is one of them. So coach, I'm gonna ask you a two part question here. All right. The first one is you've decided what you wanna do. What fits your kids? Who is the first guy coach Reed is calling to go get advice from if he's gonna put in a new offensive system or even expand on the one he's got? So in essence, who is that mentor that, you know, you got in your phone and you maybe don't want to share his contact because you don't want everybody else knowing about him, but, you know, you're going to call him and bend his ear? Uh, probably Darren Sunkett from East St. Louis, all right? Uh, Darren Sunkett, I think, is one of the most elite high school coaches in the country, and a lot of people don't realize that during his, during his career as a four-time state champion, um, he, he has he calls the offense and the defense, right? Mm -hmm. He does it both. He's probably 
Like you got guys that are offensive guys and guys that are defensive guys. He's really the only coach that I know in the country that can coach either side of the ball at a high level. And I don't think he's had a lot of talent there, but I don't think he gets enough credit for how great of a coach he really is, X's and O wise. Um, I want to give him his flowers while he's here. If I had if I had a problem or something I was trying to systematically figure out. Mm-hmm. He's probably the first phone call that I make. Awesome. I watched the documentary 89 Blocks, which was made about the East St. Louis program. And that that's just unbelievable. If you if anybody on here is listening to this, you have not seen that, you need to watch it. It is fantastic. It's an unbelievable documentary and it and it still doesn't even do justice um for what he has done with his program and, and how he's built it. Not only that, but the book. The book about Bob Shannon, the East St. Louis Flyers. Yes. You know, three practices a day because two, I'm not going to get everybody. They're going to get in trouble. And I got one football and it's flat, you know. So incredible documentary, incredible book. Here's the second part of my question, Coach. It's well known, and Jared might get back on schematics. I don't know. But it's well known that you have the right mindset Based, even based on the comments you have on your, on your bio there, that kids are getting recruited from Lutheran North, right? I mean, kids are going big places. You can go anywhere from here, scholarship high, recruit Lutheran North. I love it. I want to know, I want the inside Coach Reed's office. That young man has committed somewhere. He's about to go. You bring him in. You set him down. What are you telling him? Well, I ask him a couple of things, right? I ask him, number one, is he comfortable with the decision he made if the coach leaves? Like, if the coach leaves, either because he's – because they're going to leave most likely. The guy's either going to not win enough and he's going to get fired, or he's going to win a lot and he's going to get a better job. So in the event that the coach leaves, are you comfortable with the decision you made? The next thing I ask him is, can you follow the rules and the culture that that coach has in place? Because coaches don't change their culture and they don't change their rules. They're not going to adjust for you. So can you handle that? The next thing I ask them is, do you, does that school have an academic major that you're comfortable with that you can make a good living for your family on and be comfortable with the amount of money that you're going to make in the most likely event that you don't play football past college and you don't make it to the National Football League, all right? I also ask, are you going to be okay with the coach that recruited you or your position coach or the coordinator with them leaving because those positions rotate a lot? And if the kid can answer yes to all of those questions, then I give him my blessing no matter what decision he made. You know, I think kids sometimes – it's it's interesting being around kids as long as you know all of us have sometimes they either really know what they want or sometimes they're not too sure and other times they're not even too sure what day it is you know and so with with kids sometimes like you said it just having a a really simple direct conversation with them are you sure on this this and this and getting them to actually say yes or no i think we learn a little bit more about where their thought process is and you gotta and you gotta know the kid right like what who what kid are you talking to because as a high school coach and this comes back earlier to what i was telling you guys about the relationship you have with the parents if you have a relationship with the parents 
and you have a real relationship with the kid, then you should know your kid and what he can handle and what he can't handle. And then you'll be able to help guide them better. A lot of kids are going to schools and you see a lot of transferring or you see a lot of coaches mm-hmm. not happy with the kid. Well, you you should know the kid. Like I can tell the kid before he goes into a situation, hey, I know you like the uniforms and all of that, but you and this coach may not mix um, because of either you or because of him or whatever. So you have to be, you know, on top of that. And that's part of your responsibility as well, in my opinion. Yeah, when you talk to parents for the first time, say you're meeting a new parent, what's one of the things that you kind of open that conversation up or open that open that relationship up with? What's something you kind of use, I guess, maybe like an icebreaker or something to that effect? What's the what's the what's the intended outcome? Right. What is what does the parent want and what does the kid want? Normally, it's not the same. All right. Mm-hmm. Normally, it's not the same thing. So you have to get on page with understanding how we're going to make both things kind of meet in the middle. Right. The parent is the parent is going to always tell you. Academics, that's mm-hmm. the thing. They're conditioned to think that way. What's the most important thing to your mom? I want them to have an excellent education. I want them to get his grade. Well, when you look at the grades, it doesn't reflect that, right? Mm-hmm. Like when you look at the grades from middle school, from from high school, from elementary school, it doesn't it doesn't reflect that that parent has put an emphasis on academics, but they're conditioned to say that and tell you that that's what they believe. All right, but they also have spent. $10,000 in paying for trainers for their kid to play to play football. So they're telling you academics, but their actions are showing that you that football is the most important thing mm-hmm. right? because they didn't spend $10,000 on tutors for a kid who's barely passing. They spent it on football training, right? Mm-hmm. So right away, your job is to say, well, if this is the, this is the goal, well, what are the actions that are behind that goal? And, and, and that's how you kind of start having those conversations and having a relationship. You know, I'm, I'm curious as well. So say you get a kid, kind of the situation you described where, you know, they don't have the greatest grades in middle school. You know, maybe they started out freshman year, sophomore year. It, it ain't happening. How do you get them to emphasize that? You know, I think as an educator, that's the key for all of us is what what's going to turn that switch on? You got to make them do it and you have to be relentless about it. Right. Um, I check the grades every Monday. If we're having some type of academic problem, then we need to get it addressed. We need to get it addressed with the teacher. We need to get it addressed with the parents. We need to find out what the problem is. Is it is it a laziness problem? which most of the time it often is, is it a comprehension problem? This kid is just, this is struggling. Maybe we have an IEP or something like that involved. Your job is to come up with solutions. Would a kid just not do the work? If he won't do the work, maybe we have to take football away. All right. I coached Antonio Doyle. He's at Texas A&M. He was an Army All-American. We had to take football away from him for a while so he would focus on getting the Jimbo Fisher and getting the grades that he needed because I promised Jimbo Fisher that he would qualify academically. And mm-hmm. so when he got to the point where he wouldn't do certain things, we took football away. They all really want to play football, but everybody's not willing to, to take football from Antonio Doyle or a kid of his caliber, you know? So yeah. 
you have to be honest and you have to be on top of it. And um, you have to have a structure in place and, and you have to have things in place where discipline occurs. And you have to do that even with your freshmen that aren't playing, even your guys that are JV guys or freshman team guys. Um, you have to make sure they get off to a good start and have an academic foundation. And that has to be a priority in one of the tenets of your program. And another reason that you have to have a relationship with your parents, because many parents are wired to the first bad progress reports that comes off, they pull them off the team. Mm -hmm. And then the grades get worse because those kids don't go home and do homework, right? Their parents are still at work. They go home and they run around the neighborhood and they run the streets. But if you have a relationship with your parents, you'll be able to prevent that from happening most of the time. Yeah. Yeah, I totally agree. It's, it really is about relationships. So coach, my primary job every day is I'm a foot and ankle surgeon and I have relationships with my patients and I know which patients I can push in certain directions and which ones I can't. Mm -hmm. I know sometimes when mom or dad is bringing their son or daughter in who hasn't listened to anything I told him and I see mom and dad or hear them ask me, please tell him how important this is. So I'm like, okay, I know right now he's not listening to you, right? So now it's on me. And there's many times I look at him and go, listen, I know you have a broken whatever, but I'm going to put a, you in a cast up to your hip with your knee bent at 90 degrees. And all that basketball you like playing or all that football you like doing, you can't run with your knee bent at 90 degrees and the other one straight. Mm-hmm. And I've had more parents look at me and go, thank you, as they're walking out, right? They're like mouthing words, thank you so much. He won't <laughs> listen to me, right? So you have to have that blunt honesty like you were talking about with everybody involved because otherwise you just won't grow. You'll get conversations behind this person's back, that person's back. Yep. Yep. And at the end, you none of you get to where you're trying to go. Yep. You always fall short and you're like, well, why did I fall short? And what do most coaches do? They go back to, well, what was it schematically that we need to change? Yep. You don't need to change mm-hmm. it schematically. You need to go back and be honest with yourself. Mm-hmm. Right. So I'm going to ask you one more question. I know Jr. has some. Um, you run a recruiting service. Yeah. I see this on your bio, right? So I'm going to let you give you a little shout out or a plug if you want to do that at the end. However, over your shoulder is the Crusader Code of Conduct. Yes. Right. I have very good eyes. All right. I can read sideways, upside down, and backwards. <laughs> I want to know what is number one on the Lutheran North Crusader Code of Conduct. What is number one? Well, I, I'll show it to you guys. Oh, here we go, Jared. Screenshot this, man. Screen, <laughs> I, I want this, Jared. So here, this is it, right? This is the Crusader Code of Conduct. Please and thank you. You're welcome. Excuse me. I love it. I love it. I love it. That, I just, sure I just screenshotted it. I love it. All right. That's fantastic. How are you? Have a great day. And and so I I, I will tell you that what is what it's mainly about is it's about treating people the right way, Um, knowing how to communicate, treating people the right way, understanding that um, how you treat people as a human being is the, the best way to get positive results from any communication or relationship. Right. Saying please and thank you. Yes, sir. No, sir. 
um, picking up the trash, you know, not making the custodians have to clean your mess up, not making the cafeteria people have to clean your table. They're working hard enough. Um, just showing people that you're very appreciative for the things that they do for you, right? And, and just having a, a, a culture of um, being, a, being a group of guys who are willing to help, right? Or who are willing to help, holding doors open for people. Um, you see one of the teachers carrying something, you know, help out, you know, help mm -hmm. out. It just, that's kind of the culture. Yeah, I agree, I agree. Coach, I always like to I like to have fun in my life. So I'm gonna ask you a couple fun ones here at the end. What now the first one, we managed to get Howard Brown to sing on this podcast. We did. With, How, Coach Brown was singing. <laughs> and I'm sure, I'm sure it hurt your ears a little bit. <laughs> Howard and I are really close friends. Matter of fact, he's my I actually gotta call him when we get off the phone. I need him to do a favor for me. But I'm I, Howard Brown can't sing unless no. you <laughs> unless you show me evidence of him singing. I don't believe Howard Brown can sing. <laughs> it was it was pretty spontaneous. I just out of nowhere. It, it was it was funny. But here's what I want to know: Is there any little known fact about you that not too many people know? Might be something kind of fun. <laughs> oh, we got him laughing, Jared. There's something. There's something. <laughs> No, man, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty, I'm pretty simple. I don't think that it's anything that's too crazy, like Howard Brown um, singing or anything like. That. Uh, it, it, it's not, you know, I, I enjoy fishing. I try to fish as much as I can in the off season, but that's really that's about it, man. Um, it's a, I, I see your cat keep walking behind you. I'm scared to death of cats. That's probably. That's probably something that people don't know. I'm scared to death. I don't like cats anywhere around me, man. It, it, I'm scared to death of them. That's other, fantastic. Other than that, no, man. There's nothing crazy about me. You know, that, that cat, it's my wife's cat. And that thing, finally, after 10 years, has decided he's okay with me. <laughs> I don't like – I'll walk by and he'll hook me. It, yeah. It, it, it ain't working. Yeah, I, don't, I don't want a cat anywhere around. <laughs> I think I think the solution to raccoons is cats, though, Coach. I think that's the solution. <laughs> I, I'd rather have a raccoon. <laughs> <laughs> so, Coach, I'm going to give you a chance here. Uh, you have your own podcast. Yeah. And uh, if you want to go ahead and promote that, give a shout-out on that, or shout-out anybody at Lutheran North that you like, go ahead. My, my podcast, Run Up the Score, we try to bring – I got a great group of guests coming on over the next month, um, some real heavy-hitting guys. Um, just we, we try to touch on several different topics. Uh, my co-host is, is Carl Nunu Washington. His son, Marcus, plays at the University of Texas. And um, just check it out if you get an opportunity. You guys do some really good stuff on there. I've listened to a couple of them, and you guys got some great guests on there. I remember listening to the one with the the D League coach. It was, it was fantastic. Just I don't know a whole lot about that area, and definitely learned a lot, you know, just from listening to you two guys on it. I thought of one when you were in U City. Did you ever go into a place called Vintage Vinyl? Yeah, that is a cool store. Is it still down there? Uh, I don't know if it's still there. Right, but I, I actually grew up going in there. You know, oh nice. It's a 
great music, get great music plays. You can get a lot of records. You know, kids these days don't understand what a record is. Yeah, yeah right. They wouldn't know That's one thing right? I wish kids could learn, JR. I wish kids, instead of just pulling out their phone and going to Apple Music or Shazam or YouTube, I wish they actually had to put a tape in and hit rewind and try and get it right <laughs> at the spot they needed it to get their song to play. I wish they had to do that because I, you know, I remember doing that. Um, Coach, I'm ready if you are. Oh, here we, we go. Gotta, we we got to set some ground rules for this. Okay. <laughs> so generally speaking, the way I've always played is paper, rock, scissors, shoot. Okay. And then, that's you, fine. And, and then you throw. There's only three. We're not going to add a fourth one. I don't want to <laughs> see like the Lutheran North Cross or something, and that beats everybody because <laughs> you're a state champion now. I don't want to see no cheating. All right. So we got paper, we got rock, and we got scissors. Are we going to do two out of three? What do you want to we'll do? We'll go two out of three. Two out of three? Okay. All right. Who's going to call it, you or me? You can call it. We, it's All your right. show. All right. My, all right. Here we go. JR, pressure is on. Okay. Coach, if you beat me, if you beat me, I'm going to send some money to the charity of your choice. All right. If I beat you, JR and I have to be on your podcast. That's fair enough. Let's fair do it. Enough. All right. I'm going to move this down so you can okay. see, okay? Are you ready, Coach? Yeah, I'm ready. Now, you got to get your hands to where I can see it because I don't know what you got <laughs> down there, okay? All right, here we go. Paper, rock, scissors, shoot. Oh, we're off. We're off. No, we're not off. I just beat you. He, did, he stayed right. <laughs> I stayed, but I was already on scissors. No, I, I beat you, man. I stayed right. Okay, all right. Let's do it again. Ready? Are you ready? Yep. Paper, rock, scissors, shoot. He's got you. Beat okay, you, fine. Man. You win. Nostradamus has joined the podcast. Guys, so you, <laughs> so you understand this. Like I told Coach, I am the best rock, paper, scissors player in the world. All right? I would take on all comers, all challenges. <laughs> all right? I am the best. I am the very best. And I told Coach that. He challenged me on this show, and I beat him. Coach, please send out a tweet to my followers tonight to let them know that I beat you on your show in paper, rock, scissors. I, I, I will. What charity would you like some money sent to? Send it to the Salvation Army in St. Louis. Uh, my wife, Claudia, is one of the, the management execs down there. They do great things in the community. And um, send it to her attention, please. Claudia. Claudia. Okay. And, um, let me write this down. Claudia Reed, I got it. We may have to at the next clinic. Let's have Coach Reed come up, be one of our speakers, and we'll have a paper, rock, scissors tournament. And coach, get the number one seed. And anybody that I'm wants still, to, I'm still a little protesting because on my <laughs> screen, he was he was hey. he saw like I was three seconds ahead of him. Hey, oh. judge, jury, and executioner oh. here. He won. Coach Reed Thank got you. you. He hey, got fine. you. Fair and square. Hey, let me tell you something. Losing hurts people's feelings. Man. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I'm not. I'm not too upset about it. I'm okay because I know there'll be. A, I know there'll be a rematch, and I plan on. I plan on winning. I'll wear my lucky hat next time. But we we've come to the time of the podcast, Coach, where Jar and I believe tag is the oldest game ever played. Yep. And you've been it for about. 35, 40 minutes now. 
if you come up with somebody who's on the secret bu bucket list for JR and I, we will send even more money to the Salvation Army in St. Louis, care of Claudia Reed. So here's the way it goes. You have the option to tag someone. You have to know that person, which I think you know just about everybody. Um, <laughs> you have to know them. You have to be in, they have to come on the show. It's not enough to just tag them. They actually have to physically get on. JR, add a segment to every podcast of Paper, Rock, Scissors. We're going oh, let's to, do it. We're going to add that in now. Let's do it. And uh, Coach, there's going to be a rematch. But who would you like to tag? <laughs> I'm going to tag a, a really close friend and mentor of mine, Coach Bob Beatty. Um, this is a celebration year for Bob Beatty. Bob has been the coach at Louisville Trinity. Uh, for over 20 years. I think he won some crazy like 15 state titles. He is nothing but a winner. Wow. He is dedicated to the process and winning. I met him down at the uh, the Army All-American game about five years ago, four or five years ago when Ronnie Perkins was playing. Mm -hmm. And uh, we've been really close friends ever since. He's helped me out a lot. And he is a great interview, man. And he he is a, he is the one of the coolest guys in the world. Bob Beatty. I guess he's the former coach. Now he retired a month ago, um, okay. um, but he'd be a great guy to get on. And uh, I don't know, man, he's a pretty competitive dude. Now he might, <laughs> if he loses in paper, rock, scissors, he might throw his computer. Screen. <laughs> <laughs> well, Hey, it's going to make for good uh, YouTube. Then if he does, JR, cause we'll, yeah. we'll just, we'll figure it we'll out. We'll go viral. We'll do it. Coach. I, I've thoroughly enjoyed it. Uh, one last thing, and then we're going to let you go. JR is about to climb a mountain on his bike. Yeah, I got to get a bike rider. He's, yeah. he's an avid bike rider, did like 3,000 miles last year. Yeah, so he's he's on his bike. Him and his wife both ride in crazy amounts. Um, tell us about your recruiting service and why it's so important. Well, my, my recruiting service, I want to sign. What it, what it was is a way for me to help get other guys exposure that didn't play for me. A lot of, a lot of kids – um, play in obscure places. Maybe they play in small towns or things like that, mm -hmm. and they don't get an opportunity to um, directly engage with colleges. And I do have a great relationship with coaches at all levels, from Division One down through Division Three and NAI. And so, anytime we're able to help connect somebody with a school or provide the information to the colleges, um, it's a it's a really good opportunity for us and the kid. Sounds amazing. JR, I've been humbled. Yeah, you got more, beat. In, in more ways than one. I got an education. I put I money on the... you in ping pong, though. Coach Reed, this dude owns yeah. his own special ping pong paddle that he has wow, a little case. Out. You got to watch out for those kind of guys. Who <laughs> ping pong paddles, man. One, uh, a player challenged me once, Coach, and uh, he's like, I have a ping pong table at my house. Come on over. We'll play. And I walked in and I had my paddle in my case. He goes, you have your own paddle? I go, when you go hunting, do you use your own gun? And he's like, oh, point taken. So he proceeded. He, now, what, what city are you in, Coach? Jefferson City. Jeff City. Uh, a, a really close friend of mine, Reggie Kroom, is the head coach at Calvary Christian in Tampa, Florida. Okay. okay. He's, one of, he's one of my closest friends. He's the best ping pong player I've ever seen. All right. You should bring him on the podcast also, but I'm going to tell you what I'm going to get him. And we, well, next time he comes through St. Louis, we're going to have to meet somewhere 
right, let's do it. We and, we we can do loser, it, coach. The loser is gonna have to buy dinner or something. All That's right? fair. That's uh, fair. I don't I don't so mind, I'm but not, I eat I'm a lot. A, I'm not a ping pong player, but I'm gonna bring my backup. Reggie Croom, probably <laughs> Christian is my backup. All right. Okay. He's gonna All beat right. you in ping pong. All right. Fantastic. That's fair. I'm just. I'm. I'm not going to be nice. I mean, it's like you and paper, rock, scissors. Hey, hey it's all good, but we don't. We're not looking for nice, man. Okay, I got you. Winning. I got you. Like winning philosophy. I tell you what, Coach Reed. If Coach Duke loses that, the two of us will have to personally fix your raccoon problem. Hey, I, I've got enough confidence in him. I'll put that on the line. Well, let's do it. Let's do all it. All right. Okay. We'll figure it out. JR, it's been incredible. Coach Reed, an education on many, many levels. I've thoroughly enjoyed it. It's been awesome. We could tell why now Luther North is, uh, why they are the way they are, right? I mean, there's, there's a reason yeah. why it's focused, intentional relationships that are centered around the right character traits. And I totally love it. JR, I got a I got a table full of notes over here, which probably <laughs> thought I was being disrespectful. But I got a table full of notes over here. Yeah. I'm gonna write it down, and I'm really gonna go back and restudy the Zoom link or the YouTube link because I think you know just for tendencies with paper rock scissors. Because if I watch enough of it, I'll pick it up. It's like scouting, man. It's like scouting, so I'll, I'll pick them up. So it, you know, it's okay. It's kind of like sometimes you get in the game, man, and you don't have and, and you only got that small play clock to figure out what you're going to run next. Right. Paper, rock, scissors, man. I got it down, man. I, awesome. knew, I knew in your eyes that you didn't. <laughs> I knew when I looked into your eyes, you didn't believe you could beat me. So I knew I had you from the jump. That's fair. You get to say whatever you like, coach. Whatever you like. It's perfectly fair. It's perfectly fair. And I, and I applaud you for that. I yeah, applaud you for that. that. Just make sure you're, you're standing close enough that when we play ping pong, you, you know where the ball's going. That's all, that's all I'm saying. Hey, my boy has got my back. I know he's going to come. <laughs> For process preparation and performance, I'm Duke. He's Simmons. Hey, Coach Reed has stole the show here again tonight. Congratulations, Coach, on all your success. God bless. 